Hello, Michael Worth here, and welcome to episode 34 of the All Walks of Art podcast. On today's show, we talk about stolen art. We dive into some other things that I really hadn't had planned for and enjoy tasty beverages while talking about creative stuff, albeit isolated in our own homes and communicating via the internet. Without further ado, allow me to welcome back to the show the King Arthur of co-hosts, the intrepid introvert, the quintessential performer of the world's darkest halls, the one and only Paul Ramey. Hey, what's up? Hey, welcome, welcome. Man, I missed you. Missed you last episode. I did. I even had a couple Freudian slips where I said, see you, Paul. And I was looking right at Felix. So That's crazy. It is crazy. Maybe I didn't have enough booze or maybe I had too, mo- too much booze, but... Uh, we got to talk about what we're drinking because I, I sense that you're thirsty. You've, oh, you've got that look on your face and you told me, hey, we got to get this thing on the road. Get this going. I've been wanting to try one of these. Look at this. It's half blue ribbon, hard coffee. I'm just, I'm really, <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed, but I'm a little bit like, okay, well, he's trying something different. So yeah, crack, that open. Real good. crack that I, open. Crack that open. While you're doing that, I'll talk about mine. So right. like a like a good creative I was up until 8 this morning playing with Premiere Pro, uh, working on video. So I've got a coffee, a Death Wish coffee, but I've got Jefferson's Reserve Bourbon in it. That's helping. And then as soon as I'm done with that, I got this really, really cool, which I'm just about done with it. The the coffee was more for me to sit down and get this stuff you know, worked out so that we can do this episode. But the other drink that I'm having... Yes. I don't know if you can see this very well. It looks like a, just a regular old little fruit punch, right? Can you hear that? Very raspberry-ish. Yeah, it's okay. a it's a fruit it's Minute Made fruit punch with Captain Morgan coconut rum. Really? Yeah, it's good. Coconut rum. Good uh, is that stuff. good straight? What's that like? Uh it's it's rum with a little bit of coconut flavor. So it's not like overpowering or anything. The uh All right. For those listening, it's it's the thirty five percent alcohol by volume, so it's not it's not too terrible. But I got the bottle with me so that as I go through this, uh, I don't know, twenty four ounce glass, I can keep adding a little bit of alcohol as I go and still, you know. So, uh, what do you think of that Pabst Blue Ribbon coffee thing? It, it's freaking tasty, man. Is it really? It's really tasty. Oh my god! So it says five percent alcohol. By volume, I don't know. Is that a lot or a little bit? Yeah, that's pretty normal. So this is the original Pabst Blue Ribbon hard, hard something feed, a hard iced coffee with a dash of milk. This Java brew balances a balance balance with a creamy blend and with vanilla flavor. Man, it kicks ass. There's a middle taste that I don't like in there, but the but it's good. I I need like a like a Robin <laughs> on the Howard Stern show. You know, he's got Robin over there doing her thing. And it's hard for me to do this and, and talk. We have, for those listening, we have uh, on the Discord server, Mike Mike's Lounge, I decided to create a specific channel in the server, in the text channels, kind of the general area. And for those not familiar with Discord, it's basically just a, a chat chat server for people to, you know, you have your friends on there. but. I'm tagging a couple channels like um, like episode 33 was done that way. Episode 34, which is the one we're working on now, is done this way. 
it gives people a chance in our in our server to just kind of type things out and do their thing. I'm not a real fast typer. Uh, as I'm trying to read through some things, I'm, I'm, there's, there might be some dead space I'll have to cut out is what right. I'm trying to tell you. So, um, well, I'm drinking this iced coffee, so I'm not filling it up with nothing. I'm, I'm a little worried, too. I got this dry cough that won't go away. Uh-oh. Yeah. Quarantine him. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I'm, I'm doing my best. I mean, we're staying home, and we're not getting around people. And, and I got to be honest, I'm trying to do my best to not discuss this COVID-19 bullshit because I'm getting so tired of it. It's uh, every morning I get up, the wife is like, this is how many have been, you know, she just gives me the stats. First thing. No, She's hi. statistician. Yeah, like, no, hi, how are you doing? Good morning. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I walk out of the bedroom and it's boom, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I guess on the positive side, I gotta say, you can drink at home, which means you can drink more. <laughs> That's true. I do have a bottle of uh, Casa Nobel tequila that is uh, at arm's length, but I'm not, I got stuff to do, so I'm not yeah. gonna be. Yeah, I hear. I you. got music to create. I'm working on a working on something to post. So. I see. I see. I'm but that right. was good. I drank that. You drank. drank that. I, I haven't even started my my stuff yet. I'm tore up. <laughs> you know I'm a lightweight. You've turned me in. You've turned me into a Sunday alcoholic, Mike. <laughs> I have to have my drink every Sunday <laughs> or Thursday, whenever we're. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're way in the future on this one, actually. Oh yeah, it's good. This uh, this is about two two weeks early for us, which is good because I think we need to get into that routine. You know who else like to drink? Chris Holmes from Wasp. Oh, did he? Did you ever seen uh, Decline of the Western Civilization? Yeah. Part two, the Metal Years. Yeah. Is that him in the pool? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I don't think that was real. I think it was somewhat real. Yeah. Somewhat. A lot of watered down, you know. Anyway, Van Gogh. I didn't know this. I, I kind of knew you know, he liked to drink a little and I knew he had some absinthe every now and again, but apparently he was a raging alcoholic to some. Uh, some of his letters to his brother Theo kind of revealed that he really enjoyed the drink. I wouldn't call him an alcoholic. I mean, I like to enjoy the drink. So I guess if you would, looking into the future, I want to say Van Gogh was born 167 years ago, probably in those times. It, well, not even in those times. If if somebody 167 years from now or 120 years from now, whatever you want to say, looks at my writing, my blog, possibly pulls out some of these episodes, they're going to think I was a raging alcoholic too. And, you know, right. I wouldn't say raging. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So he was born, what'd you say, 100 167 years ago. So he's not around anymore. No, no, but <laughs> that we know of. Right, right. But recently, let me let me click on my little link here so I can. All right, click. I can see. Um, it was a 136 year old Van Gogh painting stolen from the Dutch Museum. Uh, from a Dutch museum, I should say. Let me see if I can find the museum. I I have such a hard time reading while I'm trying to talk on this show. But the uh, the Groninger Museum. I guess that's how you say it. G R O N N I N G E R. Groninger. Sure. Sounds, Sounds good, good to me. me. <laughs> um, Monday, March 30th, they uh, 
basically said the Parsonage Garden at Noonan in Spring was stolen from the museum. Uh, the museum was on lockdown because of this this whole virus thing. Hmm. That's a pretty big deal. The the painting itself kind of dark. It doesn't look like something he would normally paint. You know how normally he was big into the vibrant colors and the right strange stuff. This one's pretty subdued. I'm going to hold it up to the screen so you might be able to see it. I don't know. Oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. It, it's it's actually uh, it kind of looks like folk art. You know, yeah, like, it does. It's only ten inches by twenty-two inches, so it's not you know typical of a of a of what you would think of a mass large painting. Van Gogh, for those listening, Van Gogh painted around eight hundred and sixty oil paintings in his brief career as a painter. Wow. Um, I want to say that was over about ten years because he wasn't always a painter. He did a lot of other things. Uh, I don't want to get into details. This isn't in art history class for anybody listening. You can go check him out. Van Gogh is his name. Uh, V-A-N-G-O-H or G-O-G-H. I can't even spell today. Um, I was up too late. Did I mention that already? This coffee's not really kicking in yet. My coffee kicked in. Need to get you drunk. I know. That's kind of scary. So they don't have no idea who stole that? No, they don't. They're no still in, still investigating. There, there's actually been a lot of paintings stolen. I mean, we all know about the Nazis. The Nazis were assholes. They stole just about everything they got came in contact with. Wow, that this pairs very nicely with coffee. By the way, <laughs> it's like a you know tropical. So, what thing. do you want to do with a painting like that? That's you know uh, semi-famous or very famous, and I mean, what? How, how could you ever? You can't display it. I mean, well, that's the thing. There's, um, you know, you places like Christie's and Sotheby's, they're just, they're not going to touch it after it comes back from someplace. I mean, they'll authenticate it and it'll go back into a museum and, and get this. This was on loan from another museum. So it was like, oh, wow. it'd be like me letting, well, not like me because <laughs> I'm not, my paintings aren't worth millions. It'd be like loaning something out like your prized guitar, right? you loan it out to somebody and it gets stolen from their place because they weren't home. That's, that's kind of the gist of it, but you're talking like, a, you know, millions of dollars worth in one painting, which is just insane when you think about it. So to answer your question, uh, it's going to be black market. It's basically going to get out there. It's probably going to end up in some, uh, crooks hands. It'll stay in the black market forever. Probably. Um, apparently, but looking into this, there's actually a lot of mafia-related uh, type. I'm trying to think of how to say this correctly. Uh, if you were to go into a mob boss's house, it's possible you might see stolen art uh, displayed prominently. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I get if you're a real rich guy and you want something and you can pay for it and you can have it stolen or you can buy it on the black market, sure, but it's not really worth anything then. Yeah, you got it, but it's like, how can, you can't sell to nobody except for some other real rich criminal guy that can't really, you know, hang it up in a special part of the house nobody sees. I don't know. It just, it just doesn't seem like something worth stealing to me. Yeah. I, I think it's a bragging thing too. I think there's a little bit of a, uh, Can't brag too much about. It. Look what I did, you know. Well, to your your underworld, you know, friends, right? Um, you know, there's there's been a lot of paintings stolen over the years that 
probably probably will never get found again. Uh, Raphael, uh, Rembrandt, there was a, a Vermeer. I think it's been found. I'm not positive on that, but uh, and Vermeer didn't really paint a lot. Uh, we at least we don't have a lot of representations of what what he painted. So uh, that's that's pretty impressive. What would you do if? Uh, I mean, to you, your music. We we've talked about stolen music and stuff like that, but you know, gear wise, what what would you do if? I mean, I've had gear stolen. I got a bass that was stolen back in ninety seven, I think ninety eight. Oh really? And I know who stole it, and um, I recovered some other stuff that was stolen. And I had a business that was broken into, and um, that bass was there, and it's a very rare, odd bass. Matter of fact, I've never seen another one exactly like it in person i saw a black one uh once but it was a white steinberger full-bodied i'd had for years had done some odds to it and um but that's still it's it hasn't turned up but it's one of those that you'll know it instantly when you see it wow and i'm still looking for that base that's been it's whatever year it is i don't know how far in the future we are but this was back before the 2000s so yeah 20 some years ago yeah I Dang. hate it. Yeah. People are assholes. It was mine. I used it to make just, music with. They're just assholes. Alejandro put in the uh, the Discord server that a Stradivarius guitar, or a, a shit, guitar, listen to me, uh, violin stolen. I'm not doing this very good. I can't read. He, he so put this in, day in 1980, it was snatched. But in June, the FBI called his daughter. With, oh, wait. So yeah, yeah. Rome, Roman Totenberg played, Totenberg played this prize Stradivarius around the world. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, Roman. Roman, he's so incorrigible. <laughs> <laughs> did you get that reference? It says reclaimed after 35 years. That's pretty badass. I hope that I is. Hope to find that base someday. You know? So I put in the Discord server because I want to share this. Um, yes. That I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm going to be drunk by the time Vexton gets on to sign I in. I saw that. And uh, Brian V., he laughed and uh, said, use one finger pours until he gets in. I got to respond. Can't do one finger. <laughs> Can't do one finger pours. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. What uh, What are you into? Because I feel like I, I don't even know you anymore. Why? What do you mean? Well, I mean, it's like we're we're just... We're, we're gone. I heard motorcycles go up down the road, and I was like a little kid. I was running out like, like is that Paul? Did Paul I went by, by your house you? yesterday. I get about 6.30. That would be about right. I saw a whole band of hooligans running down the highway. Well, I gave <laughs> you the high note. Well, yeah. As I went by, I wondered if you could hear it. You must have missed it. Yeah. So, but, uh, how was that ride? It was good. Me and a couple guys I play music with uh, took a ride, and we stayed away from other human beings, and but you know we went down to Portsmouth, looked at the murals, um, looked at the river there, went to where the what is it, the Scioto goes mm -hmm. into the Ohio River, and mm -hmm. um, it was nice. You know, it was a kind of a, a nice mix between a, a ride and and art and scenery and nature, and a little bit all rolled into one. There was a lot of people out, but everybody was kind of staying away from each other, and we maintained our our six foot distances and. Very and it was cool. good. So, you know, you can you can go out and you can do some things and be responsible. So that's yeah. what we did. 
So the the murals. Let's go back on that for a second. Yep. Those those murals. Um, they're in Portsmouth, Ohio. Tell me, what did you see? I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, look it up on the internet. See if I can find some information about those murals. Some of them are. Uh, well, they got the like. Um, there's like a train scene, and then there's a just kind of like a uh, scene with people just kind of hanging out. Park. There's some with some cars. There's just a little bit of everything. It's just it's really cool. Some of them, some of them are a little darker and kind of have a little bit of that kind of noir kind of feel to it. Oh, some really? of them are a little more just a little more vibrant looking. If that makes any sense. And uh, it's just kind of cool. Yeah, I pulled a I don't picture. Know who painted them? Or I don't either. I'm looking here. I I didn't realize that there were that many. I uh, oh man, there's tons of them. We didn't even look at all of them. We just looked at a few. So. Wow, there's pictures on the internet on it, and they're wow, they're they're huge. Oh yeah, you haven't been down there? No, I've never seen them. Are and you serious? Yeah, yeah, I never have. That's why I wanted well, to bring it up. Ah, oh, we'll have freak. to we'll have to make a trip down there and uh, go to the river when we're back allowed to places, and then uh, we'll look at the murals. That is cool. Oh, it's on the flood wall. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, yep. so the the flood flood of 1937 is the reason they put uh, these large flood walls in down there in Portsmouth, Ohio. The uh, the Ohio River is the flooding problem. I'm reading an article here. It said a uh, Robert Dafferth, Dafford, yeah, Dafford. He's a professional muralist. That's who did it. Robert Dafford. Really, the wall was like a prison wall, is what he said. He was hired uh, in 1992, apparently. He's been painting historical murals since nineteen since the nineteen seventies. So damn. So I wonder yeah, what, what Robert, kind of money he got for that. What kind I don't of gig know. it is? I I hope he got paid really well. I would say he worked on it for a while. I'd, again, reading the article and trying to do a show here. I'm I'm and I'm drinking, and I'm tired, and and I'm whining. <laughs> no, but it's good that the uh, you know city or whatever had to be done to make that happen made that happen because it is cool and it is kind of like a big prison wall and um you know it's just it's a small way to show but hey yeah we do care about this kind of stuff and it's like when some cities allow these graffiti artists to come and and do do things on the side of the buildings and i mean it's really cool it's it's like why shy away from some of this urban art that that these guys i mean I find some of that stuff to be some of the most compelling and, and interesting art in our lifetime, really. Yeah. When I worked in the rail yard, uh, I used to see some really good non-sanctioned uh, stuff on the side of these train cars, and it's just amazing. And I think it's got that element of here's a guy out there with a spray can, and he's trying to get this done before he gets in trouble. You know, he's got time constraints. Or you see some of this stuff on bridges. I'm not advocating going out and defacing uh, property. But I am saying that there is a, a certain amount of, you know, when you're in there painting a picture, you're in a safe environment. You're not going to get in trouble. You don't have time constraints. You, you can't just go and do it between 3 and 5 o'clock in the morning because if that's the only time you're not going to be seen. It's just right. kind of interesting to think about that mentality and what goes into it. And, and then how some of these cities and some of these towns have allowed these guys, give these people an outlet. Hey, you know, here's an old building. Um, do what you want with it. That way you're not defacing this property or that property. And they just right. do beautiful work. I mean, it's incredible. 
I'm, I'm amazed because uh, they quoted him and said, it took me 10 summers because I had a lot of other work in other places. That's what Dafford recalls uh, as he was talking about it. Uh, interesting, though. I didn't realize he had 60 paintings on there. And he, he, uh, they did for another two to three summers after they turned the corner. I guess there's a corner there. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It took him another two to three summers to get the rest of them done. Uh, so, yeah, almost... Well, 13, 13 years, it looks like. Wow. You can, you can, for the listeners here, you can learn more about all of this at ohioriverTourism.org. Uh, I would recommend you go there if you're interested in learning more about these murals. There's, they're fantastic. I'm looking at pictures of them online oh, yeah. right now. And there's, there's uh, murals in, in Circleville also. I, I've, uh, we pass them every now and again, but I don't know if that was the same guy or not. And even right here in Chillicothe, there's some murals. Mural, yep. mural work's not easy. I've done some of that. You know, I just, it's not my forte. It's not something I'm into. Uh, I don't like doing it. I, uh, the old Cardos here in Chillicothe, I painted a, a 20 foot mural, looked like a bunch of bank tellers from the 1920s because the, the Cardos was in an old bank for those listening. You, you did that? Yeah, I did I that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I'll be down. Yeah, it was. They were just getting in there, and basically, I'd I'd go in after work. I was working in Columbus at the time, and the owners were like, "Yeah, you can, here's a key. You can get in with it." And I was going in at like five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock in the evening, something like that. And I'd work until one or two in the morning, go home, and go back to work the next day in in uh, in the morning up in Columbus. The place is creepy at night when there's nobody around really is it's a the bank was built around the uh civil war era so like the the safe itself was put in uh while lincoln was president which is pretty impressive i don't know if it's still there i hope it is i'd say it's still there i mean you'd, you'd have to tear the fucking building down to get the the safe yeah. out in fact there was a they when they were working on the restaurant originally they wanted to put a hole in the back of the safe the main safe and uh so they, they make a doorway to get back to the bathrooms and because uh, they didn't want to go through the kitchen. They didn't want to have people, you know, just it was really a messed up layout for for that sort of thing. And the guy came in and said, oh, yeah, I'm just going to cut a door. I'm, I'll be noisy for about a day. And I want to say like six days later, he's still there trying to get through the other side of that wall. And uh, he said, man, this, they built them like tanks then, didn't they? <laughs> I think they must have. Right. It was a big, heavy door. I mean, you played there. Um, after after Dan bought it to uh, use it as a music venue and bar, uh, it was it was a pretty impressive structure. Very. I don't know what they're using it for now. Do you? Yeah, they've got it all sectioned out in the different offices, hmm. and I think there's a, a realtor in there, and there's a uh, I think a tax tax prep place, but like that whole main dining room is all is all sectioned off now. Oh. So there's like different different offices in there. So. so it's kind of back to being like it was when it was a bank. Hook. <laughs> uh oh. I gotta, you, your bartender didn't make it strong enough. No, it was not strong enough. It's seventy proof. It's hard for me to hard for me to gauge. I I wanted the wife to buy the ninety, and she she grabbed this one instead. I told her to look at it, but you know, she was excited. It was a day out. We went to the liquor store, and you know, All right. Still maintain social distancing. We were, you know, I told her not to pick up bottles. Just look at it. So, I hate that this is going on during allergy season, but you know. Yeah, I'm sure that's what mine is. At least I hope so. 
hate for, hate for these next two episodes to be my last. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're kind of slow today. I know, I know, folks. We are. We're, we're very slow today, but it happens. Yeah, they can't. They can't all be. You can't hit home runs every time, Mike. Yeah, well, so. it's 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 not that. It's just I want to kind of dive into some different things and and uh, in in the true nature of the show, I want it to feel like we're just you know a couple guys, a couple people. Uh, getting together and having a few few drinks and talking about art and how it affects us every day. And sometimes we have people on the show, sometimes we don't. And uh, it's neat. It's neat because I'm always in your studio for this, but we're down here at my studio for yeah. on my side this time. So. Yeah, it is pretty cool. You're in your studio, and I'm sitting here in mine. Yeah, I made a little set. He's got a basement. So what do you think? Basement full of bass. What, uh, what else on your little <laughs> list there? Well, my little list. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> I put in big bold letters, refuse to talk about COVID-19. <laughs> and, and it is, I, it I is what it is, though. And it's yeah, going yeah. to affect us all as human beings and artists and stuff for quite some time. I was getting ready to eat that ice. And I thought to myself, no, probably better not eat the ice. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Sound like a possum eating rocks. I'm, I'm learning so much about this whole technical side of things, how we can do this, do that. And it's fun. You know, this, this whole process is fun, which leads me to something I want to talk about. Have you, have you noticed all the, uh, all the celebrities right now, they're getting online, they're doing these, you know, these hangouts, these, uh, by the way, I I want, I got to mention this because I'm actually pretty impressed with it. I've used it before, but I never really thought it would be useful for us. We're actually just using a Google hangout. That's it. Not zoom, not all these other things you got to sign up for and people are hacking your information, just, you know, hop online, use your Google Hangout stuff. And you, right. know, you got earbuds in. We're, we're actually doing this pretty pretty on the cheap. I'm not because I want to make sure that I can record on my end. But you're just using a phone and some earbuds, right? Yeah, I'm using an iPhone X that I hate. That's not mine. I'm using my work phone. Uh-oh. <laughs> I thought she was going to use your Android phone. I was, but this way I can have you want me to be able to get on Discord if I needed to. And so that oh, way I can use yeah, my hand. And yeah. plus I got a little stand little built in stand on this iPhone, so Oh that's that's nice. Whatever. Technology, yeah. I mean all these talk shows are um doing this kind of thing. I watched uh, Bill Maher last night and uh he's just that's all they used was an iPhone and they filmed him. Filmed him with an iPhone and he did a show and, and then you know he interviewed people using Skype or Zoom or mm-hmm. whatever it was and it's pretty cool. Now we've we've tried Skype. We did the the episode with a deal that was mm-hmm. over Skype, but he recorded locally and we recorded locally and uh, put the stuff together. And this last episode with Felix, I used Google Hangouts for us to be able to see each other, but he recorded locally and I recorded locally. But this is kind of new. Uh, we're breaking ground for the All Walks of Art show, uh, putting it out there so that we can do more of this type of thing and and not really rely on high end gear. Basically, just get get the conversations out there, and uh, because I think having having good conversation trumps gear anyway. Uh, well, this also allows for us to be able to do some of this stuff on location. I mean, of course, travel's not going to be as prominent this summer as what yeah. I was hoping. Yeah, but. Uh, um, when that does resume, I am hoping to uh, take some long trips, see some interesting things. So yep. maybe we'll still be able to do this. Uh, are you dying? 
No. I, I hope not. I hope not. I um, I do have a. I, I played in the studio last week, trying to get a setup where uh, I can sit in my typical position here at this desk and uh, set up a desk for you on the other side where we can have a, a kind of a table that's. I'd like to minimize it to 36 inches apart, but you know we're going to be 48 inches apart for for a lot of it. But uh, it makes it so that we can actually have a setup like this with a guest mm-hmm. uh, from from another location, which will be fun. So you know, over time, we'll we'll perfect this a little bit. I know there's a lot of people right now all over the world doing this. They're trying to figure out better live streaming ways, or thinking about better ways to to chat, um, so you don't feel like you're cooped up. You know. And and I have a tendency to giggle and get animated and have a good time. It's just my personality. So I, I know there's probably people who are like, oh, I can't listen to that show. That guy just giggles too much, you know. Right. I fucking hate mm-hmm. his laugh. Right? Mm-hmm. Interesting. You're being a dick. How's that make you feel? <laughs> See, there's that laugh. <laughs> oh, well. well, with our format, we're trying to have a conversation. That's how you talk in a conversation. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not. Fuck it. We're not having a. I'm not Barbara Walters or Walter Cronkite sitting here going, so uh, tell me about your art and why you work this way and, you know, answering the, the tough questions. What what should we call this episode? This is the, uh, this is the, the new level that's going to spring us to heights, to further heights <laughs> level. We stop. <laughs> I'm shaking my head no. I, I think this is the episode where we go. I'm crying. We tried something. Uh-huh. Mike and Paul, try something new. I got to think about things, you know, I got my little notepad over here. I'm thinking, ah, what are we going to call this show? How am I going to market it? How am I going to put it out there for all of our listeners? And how many are we going to lose? Because they're like, God, they lost it. They just, they can't do this unless they're in the same room. I, I feel know. like I'm there. This is just, you know, it's, it's working. Yeah, it's not, working it's me. not really not bad. I mean, I just got to. You Your know. dog didn't lick my crotch, so I kind of messed out on that. That kind of gets me going. That's when I get in there. <laughs> uh, yeah. So next- been, uh, uh, speaking of which, you talked yeah. about Barbara Waters and Motor Concrete and whatnot. Um, well, I don't know if you talked about what, uh, whatnot, but I I did. But anyway, so I've been watching a new a show on the internet. It's well. It's been on for a while, and I've had friends that try to turn me on to it. Hot ones. Have you seen this? No, I have not. So, I uh, I've been binge watching this. It's on YouTube, and they uh, this guy. I, shoot, I can't even remember the host's name, but he uh, they they get all these big celebrities. Like I watched Gordon Ramsay today on it. It was hilarious, and Idris Elba. Um, who else was? Um, Billie Eilish, uh, Kevin Hart. I mean, you know, a bunch of A-listers. They come on there and they eat 10 hot wings and <laughs> why the guys interview them. Okay. And they get real, real hot. As about time it gets to the fifth one, it starts getting bad. Shaquille O'Neal, watched that one a couple of days ago. And this guy's questions are just really, like the research they do, that's really what makes us such an interesting show. And then they bite into it. It, it makes like a blazing wing from B-dubs look like mild sauce and they're starting to die. And then bam, this guy hits them with a, like a really insightful thought out question. And they're, it's like eating this hot sauce, it disarms these people in a lot of ways and they get, 
they just kind of let their guard down. It's a really, it's an interesting show. I, I, I would advise anybody to look on there and see if there's somebody on there that you're interested in and watch it. It's their little, just half hour. The YouTube channel is first we feast. Yep. And, uh, the, the, this, this is interesting. So they do it like a show on a channel. Yep. And, and they have their own, they have their own hot sauce, but they don't just eat their own hot sauce. But then they, they're kind of selling some of their, their like, uh, their blends and their brands. Oh, damn it. I just, it's really I'm gonna, cool. I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here. Something fierce. So this is kind of cool. I, uh, I've, I've been thinking YouTube is, really primed for this you know each youtube channel has an opportunity to you know if they take the model from television and say okay so here's our channel it's like cbs abc nbc fox whatever and they give it a name in this instance 8.6 million subscribers are subscribed to first we feast but then if you go to the channel you realize they've got uh, hot ones which is the one you're talking about? One called Tacos, something or other. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't really watched any other shows, but yeah, I mean, there, there's all kinds of different shows: The Burger Show, Truth or Dab. That sounds kind of sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, a little Snoop Dogg reference there. I'm thinking. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, man, I'm going to end up going down. You're going to have me doing everything but what I need to be doing. So. That's kind of fun. We should have hot wings on the show. We could do that. Some of these guys, like uh, Nick Offerman, that yeah. was another good one. But I mean, they asked this guy asked really good questions. Mm-hmm. So, well, in all fairness, when you have a new guest every episode, you can kind of play. But, um, is it safe to say I probably put too much rum in this drink? Probably. I think it's a 50-50 blend. It's perfect. I'm feeling really good, but, you know, it's breakfast booze <laughs> for me. Jesus. <laughs> I killed my breakfast booze. So. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right at home. I am so addicted to setups and gear and you know getting everything right and being, as you would say, anal about everything that... <laughs> uh, you know, I, I time how long it takes to set up a particular setup. I, I know how long it takes to put things away. You know, my space is little. My my little studio here is uh, about 144 square feet, if that. Um, so whenever I paint, I have painting stuff out. I mean, obviously, my easel lives where it lives all the time. And my desk is a folding table, so I can get it up out of my way. My drawing table is kind of pushed aside until I need it, but... You know, when we do podcasting and stuff, I get everything out and do my thing. I have been addicted the last week trying all these new things because I want to get caught up on technology enough that we can do this. We can have these conversations over the net. And uh, so I guess in a positive outlook, in a positive way of looking at this, I should say, this is kind of lit the fire under my ass to say, hey, let's, let's put something together so that we can do this easily. Whereas before I was like, oh, we'll get to that. Well, you know, someday I'll have a right. setup for this and that. And we've got a couple people in line for guests who are far away. I've got one in, in uh, Australia that I've been talking to for over a year about how we're going to try to get together. And I think I may end up meeting with him 
like at uh, 4.30, 5.30 a.m. our time, basically just sit and chat with him. He does some uh, some pretty cool stuff down there. And uh, I really, I wasn't sure if we were going to do this today. And normally I plan through the week some things. I start thinking about what I'm going to record and, you know, have time to get booze. I was like, okay, now what am I going to do? And then, then you get a hold of me late last night. Paul decides right when I'm in the heat of battle with Adobe and really trying to figure out why is this not going faster? You know, why I can't do shit because my computer's locked up. He goes, Hey, hey, we're going we're gonna do a show tomorrow. We're gonna do this thing. <laughs> That's not what I said. And I I can't what'd you say? I said uh I said, What's the plan for tomorrow? Because yeah. I didn't know if we were if we were still doing the remote or if we were gonna do it in person or uh, what we how we were doing yeah, it. But yeah. So yeah. That was enough of a trigger for me to just, you know, be like that you know how when a bass is in the water just kind of swimming along? I'm doing a little visual for Paul so he can see me. He's just swimming along the water. He looks up and there's a nice shiny something. Shiny shit. He's gonna chase shiny shit. That's what it is. He's he's heading off. God, I'm getting mouthy. Yeah. Running, running off and just kind of <laughs> like going along. He's saying, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat this, whatever that is. Doesn't know it's bait. He can't figure out. Fish aren't good with bait. They just don't understand. It's not real. Don't don't get that. Anyway. Yeah, like, they got to have it. That's like you with new technology. And That's, social media. Yeah. yeah, people on social media. Oh, look, there's bait. There's click. Anyway. Um, so I I was like, oh, yeah, we can do this tomorrow. Yeah, sure. Why not? So I stay up all night working on Premiere, trying to get things going, trying to make it faster. I keep doing the render and, and and I keep thinking to myself, this is good. This is good because I can tell on the export, I can tell the uh, the software to to use my rendered files to make it go faster. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I got I got to figure out a show. I got to figure something out. So I pulled up that show you told me to watch on Netflix as we were talking last night. Oh, uh, Road, Road to, to Perdition. Perdition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. I I turned it on. And I sat there with my phone for a bit. And I knew better because you can't really watch a show no. while you're on your phone. But I'm sitting there trying to do my notes and thinking, well, what can, can we talk about? And uh, crime made me think about stolen paintings. And that led to one or, you know, another another topic. And then I started going down the rabbit holes. Then I went to bed and I laid down and on my phone. I'm sitting there trying to do notes. And then this morning, <laughs> I say this morning, it's hilarious, at... Uh, at one o'clock, when I finally rolled out of bed, the the wife tells me every day the stats of you know how many how many dead, how many are confirmed cases, and uh, I just I can't I can't do the numbers. I just I hate it. I hate waking up every day and knowing how many people are sick or right. died. I don't want to know. I, I I know that's selfish, and that this is a big deal. But it's it's got me in a place where, um, you know, I'm good with a lockdown. I don't want to know what the rest of the world's fucking doing. I really don't. Uh, just because of my own sanity. Otherwise, I'm going to start painting viruses and shit. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Yeah, please. So, I was thinking about this the other day. I was talking to a friend 
and we were basically playing like 20 questions and you know i got thinking if uh you know if if some could you know catastrophic world ending event was happening in a week i mean obviously you'd want to spend as much time with family as possible and there's things you want to do but would you would you want to try to would you want to paint your your last painting i mean would you work on something would you work on art i think about the i think about the uh, what were they a quartet string quartet that went down on the titanic and was playing music as they went down you can look that up and see it it actually tells you what song that they that they were playing uh mm. i mean you know they're musicians i would like to I would like to work on on some music that you know I would like to for my last day to that be part of my life mm-hmm. and I mean would a would you be able to get something meaningful done in, in a week something no one's ever going to see something's not even going to exist the next day mm-hmm. what would you work on would that's, you work on something that's a what very would you do it's a very good question because it 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 really ultimately comes down to doing versus legacy as an artist. Are you leaving a legacy for other people to see? Or are you just so in love with your art that you love to do it? And there's a balance there. And uh, philosophically speaking, and this is the kind of head shit that I like to get into on the show because it really is kind of interesting what what do you have in your hands what is that uh, this is a file this is a fret file for uh frets on a guitar oh don't fret it (laughs) i can't see you so but you can't see me again oh i haven't been able to see you for quite some time can you see me now uh, no i can't see you i can't even see in a little window but all right please continue continue all right so i don't know why we're having technical difficulty when you get down to the act of creating versus a legacy you know, as a painting, when when you're thinking, I'm going to make this painting, it's it's not a hundred percent about the moment of painting for a lot of artists. Sometimes it's got to be more about you know, um, I'm leaving a legacy for the for the people of my name. You know, can look at you know, keep saying you know, because I I know you're, you're as bad as me. Um, I'm trying really hard to 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 put forth the emotional side of it versus the analytical, well, why do you paint? I, I, I paint because I like it, you know, <laughs> I don't really, you know, whatever. As you were talking, I got to thinking to myself, if this was your last days and like you say, would you be painting for the end or would you be painting for the future? Right. You know, and as I look at this, I'm thinking to myself, damn, that, that makes you wonder, is it, is it one of those situations where you just kind of have to look at it and go, why am I a painter? Am I painting because I enjoy it so much or am I painting because I want, want people to remember me, you know? Right. So I, you know, I tend to think that there's a, there's a sprinkle of both, but as a, as a professional artist, it's hard for me to paint without thinking of the end result the 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 end the person who buys it the the future the legacy 
And in some cases, I guess that's maybe why I'm not as prolific as an artist as I should be. Because I don't often paint just for me. In fact, every time I pick up a paintbrush or something, it's not for me. It's for the idea of the future. That's a tough question, man. I mean, you're posing some deep, deep thought. You got to think, too. You're only going to have a week left to spend time with your wife, your kids, your grandkids. Right. To to your friends. And you're going to use some of that time, some of that valuable time to create art. That'll never be I know. I, I know. I would. I'd have to. I'd have to. I'd want to get together with my guys, and I'd want to play some music for ourselves. You know, that's. I just. I would have to. I'd have to play something. But there you go. That's the answer to your question. If that's something that you would spend time doing, if you're gonna, if you're, if you have that calling, that burning need to create something, then you got to kind of quit worrying a little bit about the end result and what you're going to do with it, and you got to create things. And I, I think that's how you find your answer. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't hundred percent agree. We're going to disagree on this one. I honestly think, like many ancient civilizations before us, I would probably have to paint something, wrap it in something that's going to protect it as good as possible, mark the location of where I put it, and. Uh, Hope that someday, centuries from now, when this is all over and there's, you know, somebody crawling out of the tree of life or whatever, they find it. Well, sure. If it's some kind of, some kind of like, I don't know, pandemic that wiped all humanity out or yeah. uh, uh, an ice age or something like that, then yeah. If the sun had major solar flares and was going to destroy the entire earth and there's nothing left, that's a little bit different story, but. I'm totally, there's nothing wrong with doing something and hoping that somebody else finds it. And it, it's not, it is your little way of leaving your mark. This mm-hmm. hey, I was here. And here we are, however many hundreds of thousands of years. And, and we look at, at cave paintings and, and fossils. And we, we see the marks that dinosaurs made or, or cavemen painted on the wall. You know, they didn't know that centuries later that somebody was going to look at it and dissect it but you know they they made their mark i guess that's that's how they, we can find an answer for uh, what drives you honestly you think yeah i mean what what i think if you, if you, you answer that question honestly i think that will that let you know if you think that's just a total waste if, if it's if it's a scenario and there's nothing left the 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 earth's core the 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 uh cracking is coming from the earth's core and the earth will be split in two and there won't be nothing left. Is it worth creating something? And for me, it would be. So we talked about stolen art and we, we talked a little bit about your, uh, your very, very deep conversation, your, your things that we need to consider. And it got me thinking, maybe we should steal the day, steal the day, carpet diem, baby, you know, Kind of get in there and, you know, if you're a creative, you should go create. You're not really a creative if you're not creating. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I think there's there's a lot of, a lot of things to be said for why you create. And I think you need to go and look at, uh, you know, 
answer that question you had, you know, everybody, everybody answer that question. You know, if, if, if you were, if the world was ending in two weeks, would you be making art? Would you be spending time with family? I think all of the above, but I think, uh, you know, can you answer honestly, does art really matter to you much that you would still do it knowing that there's no end result? Nobody's going to be, and there's no audience for what you're making. And I think there's a lot of content creators right now that are quote influencers or want to be influencers that are just creating shit content because they want to make money. They want to be famous. And, uh, at some level you lose the art and you forget what it means to be an artist. And sometimes we as artists need to remember that we love this shit and we want to do it. Right. And we just need to do it. So, uh, and that's probably what makes my OCD so crazy about just setting this gear up because it is art. You know, we get to sit and talk, we get to chat and I want to make this right. I want to make the, the images good and I want to make the quality of the sound better. And I want to learn to talk to people better, uh, talk with people better, I should say, and uh, just have better conversations. Listen more, laugh less, I guess. <laughs> In my case, I, I tend to do that uh-huh, uh-huh and laugh. Um, I just, I know that the more I hear myself and, and, uh, do these conversations, the more I learn about myself as a creative. And, uh, I really do appreciate you, Paul, cause it's, uh, it's good to have you here and, and we, we, we play off each other pretty well, I think. And it's we good have, to be here. We have good conversations, but, uh, if you got anything out of the show today, uh, please leave us a, a note. Check. Or uh, money order. Oh, wait, you're in right. a different yeah. direction. That's all yeah, we're yeah, now. we can do money. We can do money. I'm, I'm thinking in those lines. Actually, I don't want to do ads. We can start yeah. doing crowdsourcing. If I don't you like to. us, please yeah. just send us a small check. Right, right. Yeah, dollars. donations. Our booze fund. That would be a good one. Here, put put some money in the tip jar so we can go go buy more booze and get more sloshed. I'm going to have a lot of editing to do on this show. Oh yeah. So yeah, go out there and make some shit and. uh Tell us what you're doing. You know, leave us leave us a line. Drop me a drop me an email at the studio at michaelworth.com. It's T H E S T U D I O at that's the little symbol above the two on your keyboard. M I C H A E L W A R T H dot com. Uh, Paul, where can people contact you to tell you all about the things they want you to know? mgflash.com and facebook.com slash vexton v-x-t-o-n v-e-x-t-o-n on the real awesome go check out hot ones telling you it's cool it's cool youtube show that is cool that is cool i done forgot the actual channel now uh, now we feast or now we eat no it's something we feast are you sure <laughs> yeah, it's something we feast, but you just first, hot first ones. we yeah, yeah you can you can do hot ones, but first we feast is the channel. First, yeah, see, give I said them, now we feast first. Give we them feast. some love, subscribe Suck to them. It. They got eight point six million subscribers. They need two more. So, <laughs> um, okay. This is a lot of dead air, Mike. I know you may have, you may have went too far on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap it up. It's no, time to wrap it up. No, wait a minute. I'm doing something. You got your uh, your shit open.
Mm-hmm. 